What's up, everybody? Welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David, also known as DJM, and my co-host, who you should all know and love by now, Jack D'Alistar. What's up, Jackson? Good to talk to you again. Let's do the APOS. Let us. Let us do the things. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, boy, people sure like sure like the beginning of April. I wonder why. You know, it's a great thing about the beginning of April because it's the one day of the year where everyone actually looks at crazy things they read on the Internet and actually hesitates and thinks about them critically. (laughs) It's the only day of the year. Every other day of the year, no one does that. They just go with whatever they see. But my favorite, I know my favorite anime related uh, April Fool's prank of all time was when Capcom released uh, Detective Dog Attorney. It was basically the dog version of Ace Attorney as leaks for things. And they turned out to be actual designs that were just made into dogs for uh, the uh, prequel Yakuten, Dai Yakuten Saibon, which we're never going to get in the United States, but everybody still loves, including Sherlock Bones, my personal favorite, Sherlock Bones. But what do we get this year, David? Well, we did not get Ace Attorney going to the dogs, but Jack, <laughs> what if I told you that what was arguably the most popular anime in a generation, with all the hype and splendor announced its premiere on April Fool's Day and actually came through with no joke for real for real. Panty and Stocking Season 2, gotcha. Um, No, actually, I think that's like later this year or maybe 2018. But Attack on Titan, the monolith, Attack on Titan, made its second season premiere. Finally, finally, finally... The rumors have been confirmed. It may not be Half-Life 3, but it's pretty damn close. The second (laughs) season of Attack on Titan is here. And it premiered on April Fool's Day. Now, a great thing about this (laughs) was that the day it premiered worldwide, the staff of Attack on Titan actually put out a press release saying, We apologize. This season is going to be so awesome, you're all going to lose your damn minds. So we're sorry for blowing you away with all this hype. And not (laughs) only that, Jack, uh, old Toonami over at Cartoon Network and Adult Swim announced that, yes, they will be getting season two of Attack on Titan later this month. They're only going to be a couple of episodes behind. It will be April 29th so let's say three four maybe episodes behind with a dub which is pretty damn Ooh, they work good. fast they are working yeah, fast yeah and hey attack on titan season two is here i know i watched the first episode uh i can say i thought it was a pretty good first episode uh, the of course with attack on titan the opening theme is always important it's a new song it's pretty good. Does it the have ending... incoherent uh, German last time? Well, it's Attack on Titan, Jack. Yes, of no. It does. Yeah, it's Attack yeah. On Titan. Why, why would I? Why would I even ask that? That's like asking if there's any kind of uh, World War II symbolism in Full Metal Alchemist. I'll rethink my questions next time. 
Sure. That being said, uh, the, yeah, tell us. The ending theme. The ending theme is a little. Eh. Uh, f- episode one of Attack on Titan. I gotta say, it was a pretty good reintroduction to the show, and there's some new elements that are really exciting. We got some interesting flashback material. We got some action. And as is tradition with Attack on Titan, we got introduced to a new character that seemed really interesting and cool. And he got mercilessly killed in a very bloody and gory manner, courtesy of the Titans eating him. Like you do. Like you do. Welcome Welcome back to Attack on Titan, everybody. Welcome back. (laughs) Uh, I I hope you all enjoy your hell. (laughs) You know, if there is one show that is a miserable hellscape of despair, while at the same time is truly great, it's Attack on Titan. I don't say this about many mega popular anime shows very often, but I've Mm -hmm. always said, even when we were at the old podcast... When it came to Attack on Titan, I say fully believe the hype. It really is that damn good. You mentioned Full Metal Alchemist. I would make that same comparison. It is one of those times where something really is super duper popular because it really is that damn good. And Attack on Titan Season 2 so far is off to a strong start. My question uh, is, of course, having to be obnoxious as the artist I am, uh, is the animation at least at the same level as it was? Because if there was one thing that really kind of that I could uh, that I I would look at, you know, Attack on Titan and go, oh, that's awesome, is that the animation is, as the kids say, off the chain. Would you say that that returned? Yes. One word. Better. Excellent. That's always a good thing when you kind of one up that. It, it seems to me that, um, you know, whoever is, you know, in, in charge of keeping all the shading and the lighting and everything in that anime is actually giving a damn as opposed to, let's say, 75, 80 percent upward of uh, the rest of the anime series where you don't really get shading at all even when characters are in night settings but here in attack on titan i've seen stills i've seen uh you know clips all that kind of good stuff and it always seemed to have a really great lighting situation it was like um i I really hope when you mentioned the lighting and just the overall look of the show. When you do get a chance to check this out, I really hope you take a look at the opening sequence, like the opening theme of this season. I'd really love to get your thoughts on that as well. Because yes. It's, it's completely different from anything from Attack on Titan before, but it's it's really, really fascinating to, to see in that landscape. I really love y- you to to give me your thoughts on that uh, when you do that. check this out. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll live tweet for my reactions. That's the thing about anime I'm noticing is that people are kind of going uh, crazy trying to make these opening sequences a little bit less of, oh, we're going to preview what's going on in the series, maybe even wholesale just using clips 
clips from it like I used to do back in the day. And now they're really trying to marry surreal imagery or some really dramatic stuff. Like, they go all out. I, I think that, if anything, you know, Ace Attorney anime was Ace Attorney anime. It was not going to do well. I, I was... You, you know. You know, David. But the opening was hilarious and did some weird shit. I would highly recommend if anybody is an Ace Attorney fan or if you like weird anime imagery, take a look at that because you have two dudes in suits with badges on that go, I'm going to point at the scales of justice and then beams are going to come out of my hands as I point. I think that if there's anything anime is doing right now that is absolutely... Uh, excellent it's that they're they're really kind of going crazy and all out with these opening sequences so i will i will take a look at that because i remember the first one being kind of lots of bernie buildings and mostly just kind of very samey imagery it all looked good you know art wise but i i I remember it being kind of samey so we'll see how we'll see how this uh new season two holds up and we'll see how uh the opening and all that other stuff holds up and uh have fun. Have fun, internet. Have fun, anime lovers. And uh, we'll we'll see a boatload of more merch any day now. That's for sure. And again, I think Attack on Titan is one of those shows that, that brings everybody together. It is it is the walking dead of the anime industry. It's it's the show right now that is kind of the center of the universe. And in my opinion, deservedly so. And everybody damn well better be watching it during this coming season. Uh, But along with Attack on Titan, I gotta tell you, Jack, this spring anime season is actually looking pretty decent. Uh, Late 2016, I had a struggle with this in season. (laughs) It's in season was a struggle going to the end of 2016. Uh, looking into 2017, it has not been that bad at all, and spring is starting to look really good. Like, just, uh, we're gonna be doing It's In Season, uh, for spring, uh, probably in the next week or so, we're gonna wrap up, uh, the winter with, uh, Scum's Wish and Chaos Child, uh, pretty soon. But for the spring, I can already tell that I've gotten two shows that are no-brainers that I will be watching, Attack on Titan and Gundam Thunderbolt, which, in my opinion, is the modern day 08th MS team. Uh, it is the, it's gonna be a Gundam show that will be universally appreciated. Uh, but along with those two, I've got so far just for potential for its in season, I have already five different anime. Five. F- five. F- I'm looking up the list right here. I can well, think I can see one. That you I, might I actually enjoy. take that back. Uh, along with Gundam Thunderbolt and Attack on Titan, I have five other shows. So right now I yes. have a total of seven that I'm looking at that I'm saying, yeah, these might actually be pretty good. And two of which you're absolutely going to watch no matter what. So, right, you know, right. you've only got like five maybes and they're strong. They're like a soft yes, unless otherwise right. specified. Yes, that, that's exactly right. Oh my and god. It's, it's <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading great. a description. 
Oh, which one? Please tell me. Tell oh, me. dear. Oh, dear. So, I mean, uh, I couple really caught my eye stuff here of, uh, boy, I know everyone's going to be clamoring for Arrow Manga Sensei, the new sibling romantic comedy. But the one I caught my eye after I started reading the blurb is... Good lord, I don't even care if I get this right. Roku Denashi Majutsu Koshi no Akashic Records. Sistina attends a magical academy to hone her skills in the magical arts, hoping to solve the mystery of the enigmatic Sky Castle. After the retirement of her favorite teacher, the replacement, Glenn, turns out to be a tardy, lazy, and seemingly incompetent bastard of an instructor. How is it that Glenn was handpicked by the best magician in the academy? Question mark, exclamation point. And, um... Uh, have you seen... Have you oh, seen a little... Jack. Oh, Jack. <laughs> oh, you don't even have to finish that sentence. I see the uniforms, Jack. I see the uniforms. Ladies and gentlemen at home. Uh, this is maybe the soft core. This is like the the uh, the PG thirteen version of uh, the Kill a Kill uniform. Like they realized that they weren't going to get the the kids into the theater to see Deadpool, so they go and they like you know clean up a couple things. But it's still there. It's still there. You can like maybe squeeze like a fuck or a shit past the sensor, so you get like a little bit more skin. And what you might expect, but God. <laughs> but right beneath it is something that I think is probably on your list, David, and I'd like to wager a guess for 200, Alex, is Clockwork by the way, Yeah. By the way, that show is not on my list. But Jack, no. you mentioned Clockwork Planet, and I'm going to give you a flawless victory. <laughs> not only is that on my list for the spring, it's number one, baby, baby. It's number one. Yeah. Take us home. Uh, let us know what this whole business with this planet of clockwork is all about. Uh, yeah, Clockwork Planet. I saw this show and it was like, yeah, this definitely looks like it might be my kind of show. Mm. Naoto is a high school dropout and a brilliant amateur tinkerer. He lives on a world that has been so overexploited that the entire surface has become one vast machine. When a box crashes into his home containing a female automaton, it's a harbinger of change that will rock the entire globe and give Naoto a chance to be a hero. So it's got a couple of things. It's got sci-fi it's got some some mechanical technical stuff it looks like what potentially could be a prominent female character with some action stuff which is always big in in my book the art and looks great it does i, I loved the cover mm -hmm. and it looks like something that is definitely a djm kind of show uh, and this was my number one jack so i'm good I'm on glad. you uh, there's I'm, only <laughs> I'm predictable as shit. I I fucking knew it. Uh, there are there's a lot of sequels and uh, returning second seasons and stuff like that. I see Berserk on here. Good on them. If I was going to mention something that hurts like hell, but you know tastes like heaven, that kind of deal. Not only would I mention Fireball whiskey, but I would probably mention Berserk. But I also noticed. I'm sorry. I just got to keep riffing on these. There's another one here that sounds. I kid you not, uh, 
uh, summary wise, like a child's fan fiction on deviant art. This sounds like someone saw a certain anime that I think will be very apparent within the first two words and wanted to make their own uh, fluffy coffee shop slow burn AU here. Let's see what I've got. Rentai Bokun, a kiss note is a powerful notebook that makes anyone who has their name written together will instantly fall in love if they kiss each other, regardless of any circumstances. Oh, sorry, I actually didn't read this properly, given the punctuation. A kiss note is a powerful notebook that makes anyone who has their name written together will instantly fall in love if they kiss each other, regardless of any circumstances. Original character, do not steal. Uh, my, if there's one thing slightly uh, off topic, but you know, still in the semblance of that, if there's one thing that I'm a little mad about with the whole Netflix Death Note thing, that even Willem Dafoe as Ryuk cannot save, it is is that we no longer have the Light Yagami spells I am gay backwards joke. They changed his name to Turner, which. Yeah, what? I get it. You're trying to be success. So you're trying to be like you know marketable, I guess. But I can't call him. I am gay anymore. You'd, you'd ruin my joke. They I'm did deeply, that. I'm deeply Aww. sad. Not even Ew. Willem Dafoe. The only thing that could make it better is if Willem Dafoe ends up also being cast as Misa Misa. That has to be the way that they can make it up to me. Ooh, I'm seeing another one here. Uh, I I thought this was just some yeah, weird that show, romance Red anime. Sounds awful. Yeah, it looks like uh, somebody's fan art of um, some of the cutesier characters from uh, Disgaea and such as well. It's very much oh, she's got little fangs because she's a little imp and she's also Cupid. Oh boy. Uh, further down, I see a redheaded woman who looks a little bit like uh, Asuka or uh, uh, <laughs> from our favorite uh, Evangelion being romanced by a bald dude and uh, turns out given this very very short I blurb I did not he's write this priest. I swear I he's swear I priest. didn't write that Oh, <laughs> and I definitely didn't write that no no he's <laughs> it doesn't look anything like you David he looks like he is going to be very disrespectful as you know most priests are I'm sure what is it with Follow priests Je- and being really, really weird in anime? Well, like, they're priests. I mean, that, I mean that's that's actually true. Um, but please, uh, I see a couple more uh, possibilities for your um, for your choosing of the uh, the five that you will be choosing, such as Sei Katsuru Kedo. Is that one of them? Uh, that is actually not on my list of five. No, it looks cool. It looks good. Uh, one of them also was a show called Atom, The Beginning. Oh, I see uh, this. Because it, it looks like not just a mech show, but an original mech show. Because that, that, to me, is the most important thing with mech shows these days, that it looks like an original property. And it looks as though that that one might be that that kind of where we talk about 75 to 90 percent of anime is usually garbage. But I also always try and give the mech show a chance no matter what. This looks to be that show Mm -hmm. because I I like my robots. 
What are you going to do? Don't, don't judge me or judge me or, or, or not. I don't care. Uh, Re-Creators. Uh, it does not appear to be a sequel to ReZero. Uh, it looks like a an action series of some sort that is driven by human emotion. Joy, sadness, anger, uh, deep emotions. Stories that shake us and fascinate us. So it, it looks as though emotions will drive this show. And it also da drove a, an <laughs> album by my favorite artist, Arian Lucasen, uh, from the Arion Project, The Human Equation. So for all the kids out there that need to get in touch with their mind and their emotions, because I'm in my 30s, I don't say feels, goddammit, their emotions. <laughs> that one looks I- good. You know, David, you missed an opportunity to make the crack, so I will. But if there's ever going to be a sequel for ReZero, it's just going to be called Re1. Simple mathematics. That's an easy one. (laughs) Uh, But, Jack, I do have a show that has uh, um, a pretty difficult-to-pronounce name because this is anime, and it has not gotten a translation yet. Oh, dear. When I saw it, it looked like it was pretty good. And it is called... Shumatsu nani shite metsuka, and and I totally butchered that, and I'm not even gonna bother. But it looks as though, uh, just according to my anime list, 500 years have passed since the humans went extinct at the hands of the fearsome and mysterious beasts. The mm, that one now make their home. Oh, oh, you know about it? Uh, no, I'm just looking at the portrait, please. I'm sorry, continue. I'm very, I'm very, very prejudicial. <laughs> so, so, okay, so there is a translation. It's called, What Do You Do at the End of the World? Are You Busy? Will You Save Us? So it looks oh, like we've got, so it looks like, and I'm seeing the young girls, but at the same time, uh, they're, they're very they're bright. leprechauns, by the way. They're, they're very bright and very cutesy. But one thing I like about... Excuse me, but the word is uh, Irishly challenged little people. Sorry, please continue. No, Jack, excuse me. Excuse me. My fault. My bad. (laughs) So we see the Irishly challenged little people. And this looks to be something after a post-apocalypse. And something that I love is seeing cutesy anime characters in terrible situations. Uh, I believe the TV tropes definition is called break the cutie. And because for a lot of you that aren't completely aware, your boy David Majors is really, really genuinely dark and twisted. And not like in the kitschy way, like a lot of kids on the internet are. Like I'm really, really messed up. Like a lot. So this show intrigues me. In, in the possibility of seeing these young girls having to go through some horribly perilous situations after the end of the world. I'm, I'm hoping for monsters and death and maybe some parental issues where all sorts of horrible things go wrong because I like seeing cute things die. I, I hope so, I, because the this uh, portrait here looks very peaceful and very much like something that I would really instantly give a pass to. But uh, luckily for the two of us, you read. And uh, if you do happen to check this out, I will 
be looking forward to that report because if it ends up being as screwed up as the inside of your cranium, I will derive great pleasure from it. Hopefully, hopefully. Actually, this kind of sounds like... Also, Jack, thank you for reminding me about Berserk because... um, that's Berserk was German. the anime that I watched with someone that I don't really spend much time with anymore. But thank you for reminding me about Berserk. And I'm going to put that on my list with Gundam Thunderbolt and Attack on Titan as shows that are pretty much no-brainers. Uh, one show that I got recommended, uh, courtesy of uh, your friend and mine, friend of the show, Mark Huber, uh, at ah. Anime Spambot, was... Alice to Zoroku. He said that this is a show that Hmm. I would enjoy. uh, Because it apparently involves a grumpy old man and a young girl with magical powers. And they have to find a way to coexist. Interesting. I see one on here I might really enjoy. I'm not seeing Alice. Uh, It's (laughs) the one I'm interested in. Uh, right above Love Kome, We Love Rice, which, as given the first anthropomorphizes rice, the one right above it is catching my eye, uh, given my own personal interests of being dark and twisted, is uh, Warau Salesman New. Ah. This one. I, I've heard of this one. Yeah. This one looks pretty cool. Each episode follows Fukuzo Moguro, a traveling salesman and his current customer. Moguro deals in things that give his customers their heart's desire. And once his are made and their unhealthy desires are satisfied, Moguro's customers often left with terrible repercussions, especially if they break the rules of his deals. Now, David, I like two kinds I, I like i like two different series that are very similar to this kind of uh anime monkey's paw type situation one which i know a couple people will probably know and one which i'm pretty sure nobody will know um and uh they they are on various levels of guilty pleasure slash actually really nicely executed feels just like basically if japan had written a manga, and it was The Twilight Zone. And those two series are XXXHolic, which is my guilty pleasure, because everything looks incredibly still. That that one is very excellent. Yeah, that one is excellent. Uh, You know, art or or no art. Um, It looks all right in the manga, to my way of thinking. And I do read the manga as opposed to the anime. I know a lot of people tend to check out clamps anime that may or may not be a mistake but there's one that uh is absolutely forgotten to time and time itself and it is called dream inspector and that is an old old ass manga let me actually look it up really quickly here dream dream it might be dream detective it could be dream detective let me take a look uh, while dream- we're both collectively googling that, I feel like I've heard of this. It is um, straight up just. It is it is basically just the Twilight Zone, but for anime. Like th- for th- this does sound familiar. Is it like a horror show? It is a manga. I do not know if 
if it ever got a uh, an anime adaptation, but basically it follows a uh, kind of an incubus type demonic creature and he, what kinds of nightmare uh, inspector nightmare inspector that's the one now he's not human uh he takes the form of a human and there's slowly but surely little bits and pieces that bring you to the current day of why he looks the way he does and he completely subsists on dreams whether they're bad dreams or good, good dreams the more intense the feelings surrounding the dreams the more he's going to derive sustenance and pleasure from it so he's not in it to cure anybody's fears or insecurities that kind of stuff ends up either being a side effect or a gone horribly wrong got what you wanted lost what you had kind of deal nightmare inspector is very well drawn very well uh uh there's a lot of nice little one shots for it. And then what little pacing you would get of the backstory of the titular inspector is, you know, not intrusive. You want to see more, but you're, you know, intrigued enough by the episodic nature of his clientele that, uh, you don't, you don't mind if it's not a centric episode around his, uh, existence. It's very, very interesting. And, um, I happen to find it, by chance at a used bookstore, uh, just a big chunk of them for maybe like 12 bucks, six or seven of the volumes. And they're quite excellent. They're quite excellent. Not sure where you could find them since it is an older series, but they are really nicely drawn, really nicely produced, really excellent story. And, um, it's like this has it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably nightmare inspector. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Um, uh, Jack, I don't know if I have the I whole wanna, thing. I want to throw really- a suggestion at you. This might be a little bit on the nose, and, and it's actually a pretty big, big movie that was fairly successful. Uh, and, and, of course, it was directed by the legendary Satoshi Kon. Uh, have you seen the movie Paprika? I did, and it was okay. very interesting. I, I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Uh, the animation for that is incredible, and I miss Satoshi Kon more than I miss certain relatives of mine who have also passed. But uh, I do not recommend it for everybody, especially if um, in- Inception was not your your big uh, cup of tea. I know that the, that's kind of the obvious comparison to make, but Paprika uh, is, I think it's actually a few years earlier than Inception, and I think it does it in a much more coherent fashion, but it is just as disturbing, if not more. So it's not suitable for everybody. And if that kind of, uh, storytelling doesn't really suit you, I, I think that there are other Satoshi Kon movies to, to look at this. If you, you know, you can't really take that kind of deal, but it's good. S- since I mentioned paprika and you mentioned inception, uh, which is maybe my favorite movie of the 2000s so far uh, of the last 10 years maybe uh i really wish this were made into an anime because all of these things about dreams and going into dreams and exploring the human mind and and the subconscious mind are things that i absolutely love so i'm going to look for this 
and mm-hmm. I really wish it were made into an anime because yes. it would be high up on my seasonal watch list. It would be way, way up there. But Jack, it looks like I've already got tons of anime to watch as it is. So hey, it's looking like anime is not trash this coming season, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, especially and that is extremely the- good. That that means we're picking yeah. it up. Yeah, it's, There's more Little good. Witch Academia showing up. I'm looking forward to that. One Piece is going to continue no matter what we do at this point. I'm pretty sure My Hero, that... My Hero Academia is coming back and yes. looking strong. I'm seeing that too. That's that's looking like some good stuff. I am very pleased. Very and pleased. Hey, damn near everybody's ready for more Attack on Titan. So oh, yeah. Here's to so, anime. Uh, looks say. like there's good news for anime. Yes. Yes, I'll drink um, that. There may not be some good news in the movie world, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I know, Jack, you've got some video yes. games that you, you wanted to bring up. Because I know you've been... Well, I'm still kind of on hold for Tekken 7, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you've been playing some video games. What you got? Uh, actually, two of basically the same franchise. And uh, this is not really a day that a lot... A lot of Toho fans, including our uh, good friend Andrew Erickson, really saw coming is that uh, finally the creator of the popular indie bullet hell series, Toho, has has bit the bullet and said, you know, it's fine. I, you know, I I realize now I'm not a 100% competent artist. I just program really, really good shooty things. So here, NIS, take this and do what you will. And uh, so there were two titles dropped for the PS4 and the PS Vita, uh, which are Toho Genso Wanderer, which is an RPG kind of roguelike, which are roguelike is kind of a it's kind of a a, not not my favorite word to hear when it comes to video games these days. But I'll get to I'll get to what's up with that. And uh, Toho Double double panic it it's double something let me take a look at that really quick no, toho I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this to me because a really good friend focus. of mine i'm i'm glad you mentioned this a really good friend of mine uh who's also my my local fighting game buddy bryant uh hero kenobu uh, is also into toho so i'm going to throw this his way as mm-hmm. well to see if he if he doesn't already know but go ahead All right, so it's Toho Double Focus and Toho Genso Wanderer. Now, uh, I warn you, don't do what I did. Please put those in the show notes for me. Put those in the show notes for me. I will. After after the show. So just so we can have those in the show notes. Note to self. Note to self. Uh, So Toho Genso Wanderer is a roguelike and, uh, well, first of all, first of all, do yourselves a favor because I'm fairly certain I did this incorrectly and just buy Genso Wanderer because it comes with double focus. Otherwise, you're 20 extra dollars in the hole. <laughs> At least on the Vita. If you're on PS4, they might be a little bit more clear in explaining that or you might be able to separate your purchases. Uh, Toho Double Focus, there's not a whole lot to say. It is uh, Castlevania-like. Basically is. It's done well. You have kind of a limited amount of shots or melee attacks you can do as you switch between the Toho characters. And I would say for that one, it is 
almost necessary for you to have at least a passing interest in Toho. And I'm very, very filthy and very, very casual when it comes to Toho because there's so many characters. I know like two of the songs because of memes and that's about it, guys. Like I can't, I couldn't follow what the hell these two were doing. But um, uh, Aya and Momiji are your two primary characters in that but for those of you who probably just know Toho as, oh, I play as the the Shinto maid with the red hair, the red bow hair, and uh, I just shoot a bunch of stuff, Genso Wanderer is probably going to be more up your alley. And uh, Genso Wanderer is a top-down kind of a dungeon explorer and actually didn't make me hate it for the fact of it being a roguelike. It worked really well you can choose all different kinds of characters to follow you and the combat was pretty fun it's not worth i i don't think it's worth the price tag unless that you know you get the bundle for both of them and i don't think that a lot of people will want double focus really really desperate for just more castlevania without the castlevania but uh two of the both of them are they're not the most special most incredible looking things but they are you know hand-drawn they've got some nice animations they've got some good solid gameplay nothing feels too cheap but they are very easy they're very obviously you know kind of quick products made by nis and i think that you know given the nature of the creator of the series i think that that probably suits whatever his requests were for it so if you like toho and you wanted more games aside from the countless fan-made games you can get for free and of course the original bullet hell uh, maybe give these a look because they were a lot of fun and i'm still playing them and i will enjoy but yeah do yourself a favor and double check those package descriptions because i didn't and uh you know lost some money for it but yeah there's really not a whole lot to say if you like toho you'll probably like it if you just want kind of a regular old game you'll like it too probably you might not get too much out of the story though we'll definitely put those in the show notes and i'm gonna throw those over to my friend bryant hero kenobu uh who was also as i said my fighting game buddy and we did a thing this weekend jack that that was fighting game focused and there was something on old DJM's bucket list, Jack, that I get to talk about on this episode of the Anime Do Podcast tell. of some sort. One thing that a lot of people may have figured out, I like broadcasting stuff. I like TV broadcasting. I like radio. I like play-by-play. I like commentary. I like podcasting. I like that whole kind of art form of the art of the broadcast. And so there was a tournament here. There was a tournament here in the Detroit area last weekend, Michigan Masters 2017. And there was an application for people to sign up to play. And they also wanted people to do commentary for their Twitch streams. Did you? Did you? And oh your boys put an app in application a couple of weeks ago to do the commentary for Tekken Tag 2. And then when they came back with the email saying I was accepted, I was all, ah, hashtag bucket list. 
Hashtag bucket list. I am about to be a commentator for Tekken at an actual real-ass fighting game tournament. Oh, my goodness. I'm checking something off the bucket list. This was incredible. absolutely incredible. Haven't even made and to 40 we- yet. Crossing stuff off. I'm getting there. Good on you. Good on you. And then the the weekend of the tournament came, and I was there. I was on time. I hung out. I shook hands. I made friends. I influenced people. I I watched the the people playing Marvel act like you do when they're playing Marvel. You know, it's it's a fighting game tournament. We're we're a different kind of esports world, you guys. It's it's just different. I explain this to the crew over at Sports Odds and Ends all the time when it comes to esports, and we're seeing the esports world get a little bit more mainstream, and the fighting game community is starting to get there as well. It's just a little different, guys. It's just a little different, and I love that that community. I truly, truly do. Tekken got delayed. Tekken Tag Tournament 2 got delayed because the guy Aww. that was setting everything up, he he had some issues. He wasn't there on time. So I hung around for a bit. It was cool. It was fine. But when he got there, as it turns out, he did not have his audio equipment. Bum, 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 bum. So, unfortunately, old David did not get to do his commentary for Tekken. No, did not happen. Oh, I did. I did ask the organizer Jay. Uh, shout out to Jay uh, if he had any openings for Mortal Kombat. Um, I would say Tekken. I'm definitely the best at and, and most knowledgeable than I could actually explain and, and call the matches. Mortal Kombat. I think I would do okay-ish. And I could probably fake my way through Killer Instinct. Like, I can watch (laughs) Killer Instinct. I understand the dynamics of the game. I know the characters. And I could probably fake it. If I had another person, I could probably pass. Mortal Kombat, same thing, just a little better. And Tekken, I would have no problem at all. I I, I felt pretty confident about doing... You're you're missing one, though, David. You're missing one. You're missing one that... You're missing... You... I think honestly anybody could commentate pretty competently on a little ditty Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> well, that was all day Sunday. I was there Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The game that Jack doesn't want in fighting games, near fighting games. Don't touch me. Don't touch them. Don't touch me. I, I, anyway, in I any have, case, now that my I, shots I have play... been fired... I will play the neutral alien from Futurama when it comes to Smash, and I'm just going to jump right back into Tekken. It's a fun game, but it's more like I'd rather play an evening of Mario Kart. And I've said that before, but yes, Mortal Kombat. Uh, I was was slotted for Tekken for two hours to do uh, their pools. And more than likely, they're top A, just because I was I was there, and, and really nobody else was there that said specifically, I will do commentary the entire time, because a lot of time with, with fighting games, the, the players are the ones who usually end up doing the commentary, and I said, I'm, I won't enter in the tournament, I genuinely want to do the commentary, and everyone was like, cool, awesome, and I would have been there for 
the majority of it. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. I was there. I was going to be on the Twitch stream. I was tweeting it and sharing it out and all of that stuff. And it was it was still a really cool day. I loved being at like an actual fighting game tournament. Was it Evo? No. But it was Michigan Masters, and it all went really well. Things started on time. Things ended on time. There were some shenanigans. There was a little bit of FGC thuggery, but not too much, but that's okay. Again, esports fans, it, it's just a part of it. You're just going to have to deal with it. There, there was a little bit of that, but did I get to do the commentary? Did I get to fill out one of my bucket list items? No. But it was still a really good time, and they definitely know that whenever Tekken 7 is out, I'm going to be there, I'm going to get good, and I'm going to be there on the call. And it was a really good day, because I-, I got to see Guilty Gear, I got to see Blaze Blue, I got to see uh, Super Turbo, old school yeah. Street Fighter, we got to see Third Strike, uh, we got to see MKX, which was really good. There were some really good Mortal Kombat players. Uh, I kind of just let the people watching Marvel just kind of do their thing, because, you know, it's Marvel. Marvel's Marvel. It, it, it's just it's just got to be its own thing. And, yeah, it was just, it was so good just being around all of that. And as I said, um, Early on in the morning, I had wished that Jack had caught a early Saturday morning cross-country flight to get in on the Skullgirls action, because there was a pretty good Skullgirls contingent, and, and it made me think it made me think of, of you there, Jackson, and ah, I, I was pretty happy to see that. I would have run uh, my, my, my salty team, because I'm getting a little... A little bit salty because I'm, I'm a little bit out of practice for for good old SG, but um, I would have had a blast if uh, you know I got there and wasn't entirely non-functioning because of early morning rouseness, and I would have run uh, my my good old my good old double team now, Eliza and Val, and everybody would point and laugh and then maybe lose. It'd be variable, probably variable, <laughs> but uh, that you know. It, you put a shot out there, David, and almost happened. And as long as you last, that's what really matters. And uh, good on you. As it, it was really fun. And always good to hear. It, about there's that always, actually. there's always next time. There's always next time. There's always next time, and um, I'll, I'll polish up on uh, the Arc System Works games too, because uh, Guilty Gear is such a nice game. Such a nice game, David. It's you know, excellent. I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I bought Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue on the same day uh, about a month ago or so. And now you and, like it? Oh I, oh, I was always interested. I was always interested in both. It's just I'd never really been able to put in the time for either one of them. Mm. I like. I really do like Guilty Gear. Like I, I see why Guilty Gear is so fun. Yes. And... I do like Blaze Blue. I'm not taking anything away from Blaze Blue at all. It is a beautiful game. It is like it is a beautiful painting. Of it is a, video a spectacle. Game. If you want a good looking video game internet, Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue is an Any absolute Blue. visual treasure. I know what you might is yeah yeah. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to say I know I know what you like, David. 
if this uh, little guessing game we had earlier of the anime season was not evident of that. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure you have a lot on your plate, but when you get the chance, both of the story modes for both games are going to satisfy your crazy existential, slightly pretentious, we'll say, uh, need for some whack out of this world science fiction. And if I can say which one might satisfy you a bit more, my own preference is to Blaze Blue. I think Blaze Blue might give you a little bit more on the edge of we're going to go crazy with the technology and the sci fi. Because with Guilty Gear, you have that, but it's also a lot of magic and time travel involved. Blaze Blue's got you covered on more, you know, techno battle and some. You know, some science speak and some weird terminology and some questions about, am I in love with a blob that is a person but is no longer a person but has the mass of a person and the intellect of a person? Is that a thing that I enjoy? Is that what I'm here on this earth for? You, you might. Let me put it this way, David. Um, yes, if Jackson. This, this is like the anime fighting game equivalent of Watchmen. We'll put it that way. Like I've kind of been working, working for uh, putting a day to go through the blaze blue story mode. Oh, uh, because you're, you're not the first person to tell me that David, the blaze blue story mode is right up your alley. I've been working Mm -hmm. on trying to find a day to just do that. So, so it definitely has my attention. It really, really does. Uh, and if you not, or again, anybody not yeah. taking away from Guilty Gear because oh yeah, I feel no like Guilty Gear to, to play the game. It is a really fun game to play. It, yes, it is. It is a fun game to play. You, you feel like once you're in there and you start picking things up, it's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Blaze Blue is a little bit more complex, a little bit more on the technical side, which I'm okay with. I just need a little bit more time to uh, I just need a little more time with it, but I'm very interested in the story mode because I love the visuals of the characters. I love everything I see in game. So the story mode to Blaze Blue has definitely been on my radar. So thank you, Jack, for confirming that. And it's, oh, yeah. It's something that's definitely going to happen. And if you or anybody out there has questions about Blaze Blue, um, I, you know, I can answer your short questions, although you might not have short questions on Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. And if you do want to reach me or maybe somebody also if you're more a knowledgeable, there's always <laughs> there is. um. There's a Tumblr aside from mine. I'll plug my Tumblr at the end if you want like a really long paragraph to be able to ask like, why is everything the way it is? Also, five more minor questions. But there's also a really good Tumblr blog. And, you know, I don't say those words a lot, even though I do frequent that there. I promise it's for the art. Always for the art. God never ends art there is a really interesting blog called voices from the azure which gives you daily facts of blaze blue they've kind of calmed down because the last game did end up being fan translated and everybody's got all their questions and queries of that but mostly it's just kind of to do with translation snafus uh they have some good questions and answers for you and so will i so 
throw me your questions if you just are lost because honest i got lost a couple times and i went to some people and now i'm the one that they come to when they get lost so we're just kind of pupil becomes the teacher kind of deal so we'll do that we will do that incidentally um which which uh games in the series did you pick up uh i got the most recent ones uh i believe the most recent time i believe it was blaze blue chrono plantasma chrono phantasma or, or so the you one get after a lot that. of backstory Sports. to kind of chow through. Wh- central which is fiction. Fine. Yeah, I did get Central Fiction. That's the one I got. Central Fiction. Yeah. And for Guilty Gear, I got. Rebel I-, I hope Gear. you enjoy it. Yes, and, and I'm excellent. I'm so, looking yeah. forward to both. The thing with Guilty Gear is uh, I, they kind of make I the story up along the way. I bought both on the same day. I bought <laughs> both on the same day because everyone knows me, unless it's like utter trash. I, I'm very, I'm very open. So I bought both on the same day. Oh, I'll be looking forward to uh, hearing more on that as that develops, and we'll maybe we'll uh, have a future APOS where we kind of geek out a little bit about the story if that ends up being up your alley. So uh, I am liking, I am liking. Mm. So movies. Oh boy. Okay, Jack. So this has been a pretty happy, upbeat, positive episode of APOS so far. It's about to I think we're both going to become salty about movies here in about 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, we are. <sighs> Just to let everybody know, oh, I'm going to talk about Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> but I'm going to let you go first, Jackson. Are, are I you? I yield okay. my time to the gentleman from California. Thank you very much. I'll try and keep it quick because it is more nerd-based and not 100% to do with anime. One is kind of anime-esque, but uh, a good friend of mine who I am now questioning if I should even uh, begin that phrase with the word good gave me a little present for April Fool's Day. He gave me two DVDs. He gave me... Batman, Salt on Arkham, and he gave me the 2016 live-action film Suicide Squad. Huh. <sighs> okay. Basically, movie, but animated and live-action. But also, one is objectively better than the other. Objectively. Well, yeah. And I would yeah. say, I'm going to say right now, it, it's Assault on Arkham is the good one. So if you want to watch something that's good, watch that. The thing that kind of ties it in the anime thing is uh, it, it looked very anime-esque to me. And it turned out to still be Warner Brothers doing the animation. But it is highly detailed, highly, really lots of lighting and shading for it. But it is basically the movie that the uh, product that Warner Brothers shat out uh became that what they wanted it to be it's fun it's got some action it is yet another example of how the dc animated movies are almost always truly fantastic even even uh you know batgirl the movie i mean the killing was awesome compared to you know like uh Uh, Oh, God. Oh, my God. Now, if you liked, if you liked um, Hot Topic, 
uh, advertisement for two hours, I don't mind. I'm not going to stop you. But it, I think we should acknowledge what it is. And that is basically, I, I mean, it's no, it's, it's no surprise seeing the timelines now for the movies, for the DC uh, universe. They're trying to do what Marvel's been doing. And they're not succeeding. I don't think there was anything wrong with the performances for a lot of people. I think that Will Smith, as always, was being really awesome. He was one of the more enjoyable characters. I liked him. I liked Jai Courtney. I even liked the chick. I don't know her name, but, you know, she was cool. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. She's adorable. She she definitely was trying. But God, what they gave these people to say. I don't know. I don't know how deeply anybody out there goes into their movie dialogue but you know i think however casual you are about things however many times you haven't seen citizen kane or the big lebowski i think in your sleep you could probably say something a little better you you could you could come up with anything less than this generic dialogue everything felt i even David, I sat down with this because I was basically given the chance of, okay, you watch one, you watch the other, April Fool's. And I went, fine. So I don't have anything better to do. I sat down and I watched it and alcohol happened. Alcohol really happened. And I had to limit myself, David, because if I took a shot every time something dumb happened or somebody said something predictable, I would die within 18 minutes. Maybe 10 maybe even four so i had to stop myself and say every time i have to pause and turn to him and say hey why why is he trying to apprehend this known criminal in front of his daughter he would never do that not even Batflick. give me give me another shot man i was sloshed and I was sloshed and impaired and i could still mouth what i thought people were gonna say and Lo and behold, they say the thing because this took no time to write, no time to do nothing. If there's if there's a couple things I could say, it's that, you know, again, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, Jai Courtney, not bad. But, you know, the rest of the cast, really unlikable, really terrible. And uh, the editing, the editing was different. The editing oh, was different. Oh, Jack. Let me yes. tell you. Uh, in the film aficionado circles that I sometimes dip my toe into, there have been many, and I mean many, a discussion filled with consternation and angst over the editing and cutting of Suicide Squad. In terms of the the film academics and the film snobs out there, the editing of Suicide Squad is a straight up hot ass mess. It was mm-hmm. it, it is noted and like notably spoken of as what not to do. There was a lot cut from Suicide Squad and a lot of the edits and placement of things was really really busted up. And you know what? I was given the extended version without being told. I didn't check the box too much because I was in too much shock of what I was going to have to endure this se- that evening. And uh, even then, 
it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. And I think after being told, oh, that was the extended version, I was not happier. I was not told. It just it dragged on for longer. Nothing felt resolved. Nothing felt like there was an additional thing. It felt it felt so nauseating. I, I think even even the crazy wicked ape shit neon wasn't like oh I thought the colors on the posters looked kind of cool because I'm attracted to colors because I'm sick of every single high contrast movie poster in the universe even that didn't make me feel better David I didn't feel better knowing that Jai Courtney aka Captain Boomerang had a thing for pink unicorns and I mean in a sexual way I didn't feel better knowing that. That didn't make me laugh. I didn't have a jolly time with that. I didn't have a jolly time with anything. If there's one more thing I can complain about. Of course, Jack. (sighs) One last thing. And maybe it's different in the theatrical release. I'm not ever looking at the theatrical release again. I'm not not ever. Oh, no. No. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Do not. I'm not looking at it. Uh, actually, no, there's two things. One really quick thing. I remember, you know, I'm going to plug your other show, Two Nerdy Black Guys. I remember you guys talking about, uh, The Killing Joke and Suicide Squad. And, um, I remember thinking, because I'd only seen the dumbass trailer at that point when, uh, your co-host was telling everybody now there's a scene that you see in the trailer and you think what was the context for that and then you see the movie and it's exactly the same and i thought to myself i bet it's that fucking time that harley little fuck my life quinn fucking takes her bat crashes the stupid gucci sorry yeah can i just say can we finally be done with harley quinn please yeah, I I mean, I hate to sound like, you know, the biggest damn hipster like ever. We've done this before, David. We've danced this dance. We've said we liked things before they were cool. I was there, okay? The animated series, Batman the animated series was my damn childhood. I was there. And, she was and fun. Hey, Leave and her hey, there. Can, can I say I am a totally 100% heterosexual dude? That appreciates girls that do nerdy cosplays. I'm tired of Harley Quinn. I'm totally okay with never seeing or hearing the Harley Quinn character ever again. Get her out that's of our, in, get about her in fiction. That's in live action. That's in animation. That's in cosplay. I'm totally okay with there never being any Harley Quinn ever again. There is an alternate universe. There is an alternate universe, David, where Bruce Tim kept that fucking plague on our modern tween girl society in that one solitary throwaway episode. Well, it's not a throwaway episode, but you know what I mean. One small one shot episode of the animated series of Batman that there like there was an alternate universe where that was a thing and people didn't just masturbate all over the image of this character. <sighs> My God, there's a, actually a lot more I'd like to say. There's a lot of different things, but no, um, back to back to my point. Um, two nerdy black guys. Uh, that the scene 
was said there was no context for it. It was in the trailer and I wanted to see how it led up and then there was nothing. That's what Kaz said. And I thought to myself at the time, I I bet it's when fuck my life Quinn takes her baseball bat to the fucking Gucci window, grabs a purse and then just kind of says, oh, we're bad guys because this is Wreck-It Ralph on steroids. It was. It absolutely fucking was. And I hate her. I hate how nothing was built up for her stupid, abusive, not funny, not cool relationship with Banksy, Grill, Drug Lord, Fuck Ice McGee. I'm sorry. I meant Jared Leto. And that was my last complaint, is that, you know, if someone's acting like a mental patient on set and they never say hello to anybody as cool as Will Smith, maybe you should commit them somewhere. Maybe you should get rid of them. And maybe you should look in the past where they've actually, David, I've actually been offended by, you know, by being a member of you know kind of a kind of a niche portion of society i don't really usually care i don't usually want trouble for what i am and who what i do and all that kind of shit but no jared leto does not get a pass because he is apparently charming and charismatic he doesn't get a pass for saying from silver linings playbook only i could portray a transgender character only i could do that what are transgender people? Do they even exist? Are there actors who can actually play them that are transgender? Fuck you, Jared Leto. You have probably never cracked open a DC comic in your life, and I certainly hope that somebody sends you some rat shit so you can see how it feels. I hope people are sending you rat shit right now. Send him rat shit, listeners. Send him rat shit. Just, I'll give you my postal information for the return address. I don't care. I'll take the flack for it. Just send him rat shit, please. I hate this man. I hate what he's done. They have ruined about third of the rogues gallery of one of my favorite ips and i don't think i'm alone in saying that they're you know the the dc rogues gallery is just absolutely unfucking touchable but now they're untouchable for another reason and that's because they all have fucking aids so um Alex, I know you don't really listen to the podcast a whole lot, but I sure hope you listen to this one because fuck you. Fuck you. No, no, Arkham was not balancing it out. You said it canceled out. It didn't. It didn't. Okay. It really didn't. I, I didn't want to end this, but didn't end this in Sagan to yours by making the obvious joke, but... I really do kind of want to end things because I saw Suicide Squad. I would probably welcome suicide. But there's other things to live for, like the home release of the Lego Batman movie. The only... Oh, yes. The only good DC movie to happen. The only good DC movie to happen in recent history. Well, the animated movies are still great. That the was animated so movies are good. great. The animated movies are great. That being said, I'm sorry for hijacking a typically anime podcast with my nerd spore, but God, God, watch Assault on Arkham. Never, never, never watch Suicide Squad. Not even as a joke. Don't watch it with friends. Don't drink and watch it. Don't do it. I'm saving your life. 
don't try and make a funny YouTube video about how you watch Suicide Squad either. Just don't fucking watch it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It is not fun. Maybe watch like one clip of Will Smith saying the title of the movie because he he almost feels in that one particular scene where he actually says, are we some kind of suicide squad? He sounds like he knows what he's doing. He almost sounds like he's almost at any minute away from vomiting like the script. I'm going to just be as tongue cheeky and as just completely rigor mortis. I don't give a single fuck. I'm getting paid for this, son. It's as that is probably the funniest moment. And it wasn't even supposed it was supposed to be funny, but it's not funny in the ha oh, you said the title of the movie. It's funny in the ah, Will Smith know what he got into. I'm sorry, man. God. God. But there's something that I'm looking forward to now. Now that now that I've thoroughly suffered, let's get salty. Let's get saltier. Let's just go full blown MSG. David, Ghost in the Shell. I saw it earlier today, Jack. The live action adaptation of one of my favorite anime franchises of all time, Ghost in the Shell, starring Scarlett Johansson. Jack. Have you ever been in a position where there is something that's coming out and everyone is going to hate it? Everyone knows it's going to be terrible. Everyone knows it's not going to be good. Everyone's going to hate it. Everybody's going to be so mad about it. And then you leave the theater realizing that you kind of only want to give it about a C+. In the grand scheme of things, in terms of just overall film, I can only give Ghost in the Shell a C+. I was going in expecting to either totally hate it and be here on APOS full of salt and anger and nerd rage about what they've done to a franchise that I love with all my heart. Or be on the complete other side of the spectrum and say, this was absolutely fantastic. I can't believe they actually pulled it off. And it's really blowing my mind at how good it was. When in reality, I'm only saying it wasn't garbage. Damn. It It wasn't totally trash. And I'm now you sorry, know, David, that mediocrity is the event horizon. Yeah, it's this is going to be a, forgettable. It's a C plus. It's a C plus, Jack. And, and here's the weird thing. The director, Rupert Sanders, this was clearly a man who had a vision for this movie. The visuals of the movie in terms of the Ghost in the Shell mythos, are absolutely 100% on fucking point. Visually, he fucking nailed it. It is futuristic sci-fi cyberpunk. It is Ghost in the Shell. It is a half-point, it is a half-court three-point shot, and he fucking nails it at the buzzer. Visually, it is on point. He nails it. For the first 
hour-ish of the movie, the tone, the vibe, the action is pretty acceptable. Like, you understand that the person behind this movie understands Ghost in the Shell and loves Ghost in the Shell. The man who made this clearly loves Mamoru Oshii's work and loves Ghost in the Shell. There is clearly a great amount of love and detail and work put into this. And I give Rupert Sanders a ton of credit for it because in this not totally trashy movie, I see what could have been a fantastic adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. I see the brilliance there, but it gets marred by a few things. In the middle of the second act, we reach the conflict where we are introduced to Hideo Kuze, who was the main antagonist of the second season of the standalone complex anime. He was the man behind the individual 11 and in all of these things. And with how they tell his story and his connection to the major, it works like, and it's really not that far off from standalone complex. There are a lot of things here to where I almost want to say, God, Damn it, movie. You're so almost there. You're almost there. And I'm quite partial to standalone complex. That's my jam. That's my jam and butter. Which is why I want to say, Kuze in this movie, his motivation is not completely perfect, but some of the major points are there. That, that, that's the thing with the movie overall. A lot of the major points are there, but the nuance is lost. In Into the second act and the end of the movie, it becomes an action movie where it's like... It, it becomes Americanized to where... It, it it feels like the director had a vision and Hollywood said, we need to make this a little more palatable because the connection between the major and Kuze is there and it is somewhat accurate to standalone complex. How they tell the story of the major is somewhat accurate to standalone complex. There's even a point in the store in this movie where it is a major, major, major point, pun intended, where it connects Motoko Kusanagi with her history before her cybernetic body. And the fact that this movie and this director was actually willing to go that far and do something that not even Standalone Complex did. I give the guy credit. He went for something there, and I'm willing to give it a pass. But it gets marred in losing Kuze's plot, because in Standalone Complex, 
Kuze was a revolutionary leader. In this, he's just a bad guy. And in the end, he's really not even the actual bad guy. The trailers for the movie were definitely made it seem more like an American movie and not necessarily an adaptation because the trailers were more about the major getting revenge and finding out the truth. Whereas with Ghost in the Shell, the first movie, it was about finding out the truth through an actual investigation there was no investigation in the second act. In the first act, there was an actual investigation where it felt like, it. I would almost say it felt like an extended episode of Standalone Complex where something was actually going on. Bato was there. Togusa was there. Aramaki was there with the fantastic casting decision of Beat Takeshi, who was absolutely fantastic. He, he steals this movie, as you would expect, as Aramaki. And we're going to talk about Scarlett Johansson in a minute. Good, because I'm worried. <clears throat> but here's what it comes down to. This movie is not worth your nerd rage. Mm-hmm. It is well composed. It is well constructed. But the director, like, I see his restraint. I, I see him being pulled back by Hollywood. And we got to play it disappointing. safe. And I see a director who is being told to play it safe not playing it safe himself. Uh, Even in the end credits, as the credits were rolling, they played the original Ghost in the Shell song uh, from the credits scene that that everyone knows. Uh, The opening sequence of the movie uh, is not necessarily a shot-for-shot remake of the opening of the first movie, but you can clearly see that this was done very much... As someone who loves the anime franchise, this movie is filled with a ton of love for Ghost in the Shell. But it is hampered by Hollywood. And I can only. I was worried about that. I I can only give it a C. It is not trash. That's the best I can say. It is not hot garbage can i say it's good Eh. and that's that's the its biggest problem it's it's not worth ranting about on the internet and it's not worth taking your friends it's very safe it's it's very mediocre it's safe it's forgettable it's gonna be like the robocop remake it's nah and it's and that's the most disappointing part of it all because as someone who loves ghost in the shell in many of its incarnations i see it there i see it but it is being held back now 
on to what is undoubtedly the most controversial part of this movie, and that is the casting of Scarlett Johansson in the lead. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I'm going to say. Just Scarlett, I like you in Hail Caesar. Moving on. Let's please move on. <laughs> what do you got to say, David? There's a twist. And I liked how the twist worked out. A lot of people were really upset about this twist and how it happens and how it goes on. I gotta say, I kind of liked it. Yeah. Scarlett's performance, I felt as though it was appropriate for the role. Because it looked as though she was playing the major from the first movie in that she was very much in her own head a lot of the time. We don't hear a lot of that dialogue, mostly because this is an American movie and not a Japanese anime, and we don't have the attention span for that kind of thing. There is definitely some existential dialogue in the movie, because, like I said, the director clearly wanted that in there, but but there's not a ton of it. It's not totally slathered with heavy dialogue like an Oshi film would be. But there is some of it. I think Scarlett Johansson, if if the direction was that she was intending to be something like the major in the first movie, I think she pretty much got it. It's very subdued. Some people might say that she wasn't acting much, but if you've seen the first movie, you know how subdued it is. You'd see how subdued the major as a character is. And I think in that regard, as a performance, she pretty much got that until everything, like I said, just kind of falls to pieces in in the second and third act then it becomes the avengers meets thor meets iron man meets snyder that's what it sounds like with uh, the way that you're talking about how it kind of falls apart not not that bad um not that samey it's more like uh, Zack snyder is a great comparison um what was the movie um the one with the the baby doll the, and and the girls, oh, like, like before, oh, uh, ball kick, sucker punch, sucker punch. That's the I one. like my title. That's the better. It's a kick in the balls. They should they should use that flowery, amazing, radical script and uh, that they use to make the title of the film and just repackage the same film but retitle it a kick in the balls. I, I, would I will say actually buy that. X one. <laughs> And half of Act Two, it's Ghost in the Shell. And I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness, this is actually working. And then what? into the second half, it's like, uh, this is turning into Sucker Punch. And I don't know how I feel about that. Except you could say you twist. got sucker punched. Except for the twist with the origin of Motoko Kusanagi. Except for that, 
That I was okay with. And I'm probably in the minority. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority on being okay with the twist. So what I will say is that if you can go into this movie with an open mind, if Scarlett Johansson's casting is not just completely unforgivable, you can go see it. You're not going to leave in a rage. You're just going to leave thinking it's just mediocre. Well, uh, that being said, David, I have a question for you. Uh, Was there anything that really stood out as really exceptional, really excellent, you know, aside from what you're saying about how uh, scenes are constructed, how the, uh, the aesthetics of everything looked? Was there anything that really, really stood out to you as really exceptional or maybe on the other side of things that was just plain, get this out of my house because Uncle David don't want to see it because I'd be interested if there was there were moments just as as a movie goer and not really just, you know, everyone's a critic trying to pick things apart. Was there any particular scene or any kind of moment that really stood out to you one way or another? Uh, there was one in particular uh, near the end where uh, Aramaki, Chief Aramaki, <clears throat> was in a bit of trouble, but he handled himself quite well. And he said, uh, after dealing with some bad guys, don't send something along the lines of, don't send some tiny animal to take care of a fox. Because <laughs> someone put a hit out on Aramaki. In <clears throat> it doesn't matter what incarnation of Ghost in the Shell there is. You do not fuck with Chief Aramaki. You just don't. Because he's the OG and he will take care of you quicker than you even realize. So, again, this was clearly another nod from someone who genuinely loves the series, which I really respected. Was there anything really bad? I feel like if this were the beginning of a franchise, which I don't think it is, Kuze could have been so much more. I agree. But since I, but but since it looks like they wrote this movie very much as well <clears throat> a standalone. Ha! You said the thing. Ha-ha. I did. Uh, Kuze's role was very limited <laughs> and generally forgettable. He was he was Mads Mikkelsen in Doctor Strange. He he was there. there to move the plot to the real bad guy. There you go. Well, uh, internet, let it never be said that you should not, uh, you should be unentitled to your own opinion because you certainly are. If you really, really, really enjoyed Ghost in the Shell and you really, really, really loved ScarJo, you really loved all that good stuff, awesome. I think that David and I would be more than happy to give you a pat on the back. And if you despised it and thought it was hot garbage, you know, you're welcome to think that too, but let's, let's back things up. Let's I'm, back I'm things sorry, up. everybody. I know a lot of you were expecting my hot take on ghosts in the shell, <clears throat> but overall I am giving it a C plus. The, the work is there. It's just not, 
it's not as nuanced as it could have been. And for that, I blame Hollywood. I blame the plebs. Jack? Yes. That's all I've got about Ghost in the Shell. That's pretty much it. Well, I am... I'm glad you got that off your chest, and I'm glad to have gotten that horrible movie, which will not be further named, except for probably in some ridiculous spewing that I'll have to respond to somebody of, why didn't you like it? Well... No, no one likes it. Squad. Don't worry, Jack. No one likes it. I know, I know at least one person, and he sent me the fucking thing because he knew, he knew, he was playing me like a fiddle. He knew it. It was the kind of thing that he loves and that I despise. I will say he didn't legitimately like it. He thinks it's absolutely hilarious, awful schlock. He thinks it's like the trolls two of the current era. But God. God, I hate you, Alex. I hate you a lot. You deserve hell. Would you send dozens of cockroaches to Alex's house? Would you do that? No, no. I would send rat shit to Jared Leto because that's still something that I think deserves to happen to that horrible excuse of a human being. This is just the messenger, and I don't shoot the messenger. Alex didn't make the movie. He might enjoy it. He might be a casualty in its fucking wake. But he is not the reason why it exists. He's the reason it, that it is in my current possession and to my knowledge that I know of it and what exists within its fucking walls. But he is not the reason why it exists. So I'm not going to send him anything. But please, please, please send rat shit to Jared Leto. Please do and that. You can possibly send cockroaches as well, because there was a story in Osaka that, that I just thought <laughs> was, was pretty funny. Uh, and I think it's appropriate for this for this podcast. Uh, a chef, actually, from Osaka <laughs> in Japan was arrested in relation to a cockroach incident during uh, a, a festival in Japan, where <clears throat> the suspect, 33-year-old Kazuyuki Kawatani, admitted to throwing at least a few dozen cockroaches into the <laughs> arena during this performance. <laughs> and he admits. He fully admits he, to the charges. He fully admit to, admitted to doing it. <laughs> Why the man felt the need to throw a bunch of cockroaches around at the event, as well as how he was able to even bring the cockroaches to the arena with him, has not been made clear as of yet, but no one was harmed. Maybe it was some kind of live action stage interpretation of Suicide Squad. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to read these comments that the public have made. Uh, the guy responsible for the Roach incident at Anime Low last summer has been arrested. Can't believe he's about the same age as me. This. This happened a section diagonally in front of me. That really happened? So they actually investigated it. Dot, 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 dot. I'll say it again, though. That guy's an idiot. Well said. Well said. <laughs> My God. Don't be now, throwing roaches, people. Now, I'm actually of the, uh, the, the very odd population that finds certain insects pretty cute. And roaches are one of those. They're 
pretty much not really fucking with people most of the time. But don't throw them on the average human being because they're not gonna they're not gonna like that. That's not cool. I think that is hilarious though. And uh <laughs> it's stuff like this, David, that gets our brains turning. It makes us want a podcast, isn't it? Because life is this just is exactly, full of weird things. Especially from Japan, which, which is what we talk about on the anime podcast of some sort. Jack, handle the exit business. My voice is starting to drop a little bit. Do do the Twitter and all that stuff for me, please. All righty. Well, you can follow David at Just Call Me DJM. He's a pretty frequent tweeter. I'm a less frequent tweeter at Jack D. Tyler D. You can also find him under uh, the Tumblos of the same name, Just Call Me DJM. I'm also on there. I'm actually considering a name change, but until then, uh, it is Dr hyphen junkenstein hyphen i hyphen presume dr junkenstein i presume gonna be changing it to something a little less cumbersome and a little bit more god forbid original and uh you know we talk about verge games uh you know david's got some excellent pieces on and off of twitter and tumbles and uh i like to do my writings as well pictures of cosplay i'm also on instagram as jack the artiste that's jack the artist and an extra e because i like to be arty must be why i'm an artiste please 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 uh <clears throat> Take a look at Delta Juliet Mike, not Alpha Juliet Mike. I almost did the same mistake, and this time it was almost intentional, I would say. Delta Juliet Mike's got all of your APOS needs. Also, just a lot of excellent podcasting stuff all around. And David, thank you so much for existing and having this APOS be a thing. And until next time, Internet, please ride shiny and chrome and... Be respectful of Ghost of the Shell and disrespectful of Jared Leto. That is all. (laughs) 